Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All right, it is time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Morning, Keith. Good morning. Okay, so the legislative session on a break here now as they get ready for a new premier to take over An here. An extra week of break, which was unscheduled. Right. The government really hasn't explained why they're doing that, which we assume is tied to EB's forthcoming swearing-in on the 18th. Yeah, and it's interesting that he's going to be taking over this government while I think the, the liberals have been doing a pretty effective job in uh, putting pressure on this government on a, on a lot of files, in, including some of these new numbers that are coming out on wait times for cancer care. Yeah, in BC, which dominated question period yesterday. Yeah, there's really been two issues in this legislative session: uh, street crime, uh, random violence, uh, public safety, and healthcare. Uh, healthcare on a number of fronts. So yesterday was a two-pronged attack by the Liberals: one on uh, pediatric care, and and the BC Greens, by the way. Um, the Greens actually raised the issue of pediatric care, but the Liberals honed in on what appears to be uh, rising wait times for cancer patients. BC Cancer Agency, for years, world-renowned. Yeah. But I think what we're seeing is, um, and I know firsthand, I've got uh, friends I know who are being treated for cancer who went a couple of years without really having access to health care. Um, many people had... Well, almost everyone had virtual visits, and a lot of cancer wasn't detected. You can't detect that necessarily over a Zoom call. And so there's been a lag, I think, talking to physicians, that people who should have been treated a little earlier are getting treated later, and that is resulting in more people in the system, and that's resulting in uh, longer wait wait times, which was raised by the Liberals yesterday. Yeah, the Liberals really, really tightening the screws on the government on these cancer wait times. Let's listen to Liberal leader Kevin Falcon in the B.C. legislature yesterday. In British Columbia, only 20% of cancer patients referred to an oncologist are being seen within the recommended two-week period. Contrast that with Ontario, where 75% of their residents are being seen within that two-week window. In BC, the wait times for cervical cancer screening is an unacceptable six months. And the wait for radiation therapy is the worst in Canada. We are dead last. Okay, those are some pretty devastating numbers they outlined yesterday, I thought. Yeah, no, it, uh, I know someone that falls into that cervical cancer situation who... Has went a long time without getting treated or getting diagnosed, and uh, it, it does raise uh, troubling questions. So, and Adrian Dix, South Minister, fired back with statistics, saying, "You know, we've put X number of dollars into this, um, and accusing the Liberals of having a worse record when they're in government." But as they discovered on the street crime issue, mm. anecdotes trump statistics every time. So in the street crime, it's true the crime rate is going down. The overall crime rate is going down. But the violent crime rate is going up. And the anecdotes associated with violent crime are are going to stick with the public more than the fact that it's gone down a percentage. Just as we're seeing in healthcare, anecdotes about people waiting unacceptably long times for healthcare is going to trump the fact the government does put more money. Every government puts more money into healthcare. No sure. one no government cuts no. The, the system goes up and up and up every year.
But the demand on healthcare right now is as high as it's ever been. I reported the other night, we're a record number of surgeries. Yeah. You know, we've never performed this many surgeries on a, on a weekly basis. But the demand for surgery and, and the need for surgery is increasing because the population is increasing and the the population is aging at a much greater rate than and they, it ever And they've got a shortage of medical professionals. And a shortage of professionals. Yeah. You put all this into the mix and you're going to see a lot of problems. And that's what the Liberals are suddenly jumping on. Okay, Adrian Dix, the B.C. Health Minister, spent a lot of time on his feet yesterday in question mm-hmm. period, taking just about every question here. So here he is trying to turn it back on the Liberals here. Now, one of the things that he said, as you just outlined, he, he talks about the record uh, spending on health care. So that's always his kind of fallback position. Every year is a new record. Yeah. Falcon had this moment where he said, look, you you still don't get it. You shouldn't be talking about what you're putting in. You should be looking at the measurable outcomes, and the outcomes are getting worse for wait times. But here is is Dix trying to turn it back on the liberals and directly at Falcon, Mm -hmm. who's a former health minister himself. And saying that pointing, trying to remind people about his Falcon's record as health minister. Have a listen. The former minister of health, the leader of the opposition, the only Minister of Health in the recent history of British Columbia, Liberal or NDP, who saw a decline in the number of registered nurses in his time in office, can talk about outcomes. Okay, yeah, so you heard the NDP applauding him on that. (laughs) Again, yeah, Kevin Falcon has a track record as a health minister. Every health minister is going to have some problems that uh, the other side can throw back at him. And you can be sure Adrian Dix has a binder full of of Kevin Falcon decisions when he was uh, health minister, which he brings out from time to time. Uh, the Liberals did, you know, do some questionable things when they were in government on health care. There's no question. All governments can be second-guessed when it comes to their decisions. And the Liberal track record is something that's always, I think, in every minister's binder in question period just to pull out, well, here's what you did when you were yeah. in government. Right. But we're in the here and now. The NDP has been in power more than five years now. Sure. Just like the Liberals, after a time, they're, they're uh, talking about the dismal 90s, the dismal sure. decade. Um, for the nineties, over time, that just become irrelevant right. to people. Like what? What that was like fifteen years ago? Why are you talking about that? And that's going to be the problem with the NDP. Over time, the liberal track record in government is going to cease to be of relevance to many people. Okay, you touched briefly on uh, challenges facing pediatric care in British mm-hmm. Columbia and projections of like, is it a lot of kids who are yeah, getting, so- getting sick? What we're seeing in uh, in New York City, in the States, but also we had a report on Global National last night. Uh, what we're seeing in Montreal, Ottawa, and Toronto is pediatric wards and pediatric hospitals are getting overwhelmed right now. 250% capacity in Montreal, 190% capacity in Ottawa, similar in Toronto, of kids uh, coming in with respiratory illnesses, uh, flu, covid uh, other respiratory illness. We are in the respiratory illness season. So yesterday, Sonia First, another leader of the Greens, uh, found a me- got a memo, f- uh, internal memo in BC Children's Hospital to staff warning of them of a potential surge of these pediatric respiratory illness cases and setting up an emergency center. Uh, she asked Adrian Dix about it. Dix responded saying, yes, this is true. This has been known. Every hospital, he says, is preparing for this. Uh, what could be a significant increase in kids getting sick with yeah. respiratory illnesses this season. A lot of kids don't get the flu shot. The vaccination rate for kids is, you know, 50% uh, when it comes to COVID. Uh, so there is a preparation in all hospitals, not just children's hospital, that you could see a, a serious increase in kids. Okay, another topic, and speaking of kids, kids every year at this time in the past love going on the Stanley Park train I did as a at kid. Christmas time, right? I remember as a kid doing that, yep. Yeah, the Bright Nights train, as it's officially known. 
I mean, this is a tradition in not only in Vancouver, but the whole region to go to Stanley Park and ride this this toy train. I think it's really disappointing that here we go again. They canceled the train for Halloween, was very popular, and now they've now they're canceling it for Christmas too. And Global I, Global News, I thought did a great job on this story yesterday, getting a hold of the Technical Safety BC statement on on why the train will not be running this Christmas. And the report said that there are mechanical issues with the train and the track. Also, overgrown the, vegetation. That's the one that's unforgivable. Yeah. Oh, are you kidding me? Overgrown vegetation is one of the reasons they can't again, run this is, train. Is this another casualty of the pandemic where things were stood down for so long? Staff, you know, disappeared. Things weren't done. You know what? This is why voters just cleaned house at that park board in the city council with this type of incompetence. Let's listen to a clip of you hear from uh, Stephen Jackson here, director of business services for the parks board on how, one of the other reasons why they can't run the train this Christmas. Have a listen. A lot of that vegetation has been cleared now. The tracks are in good shape. What's really outstanding at this point is the trains and the carriages themselves. Uh, that piece, um, if you'll note in the Technical Safety BC report, we do require a third party contractor to come in and help us with that inspection and verification. At this point, we haven't been able to get a contractor on site. They can't get a third party to come in and inspect a toy train. Yeah, like, you know, it's interesting, these, these staff shortages and inability to get people on all sorts of services is phenomenal. It's it's happening everywhere, whether it's a re- whether it's restaurants, whether it's, uh, you know, we've been trying to, just on the home front, trying to get uh, electricians to come in. And it's tough to get uh, services on any number of fronts. It's quite extraordinary. I still think this is incompetence by that park board. Well, I, I think it was, yeah, I think it was, obviously, this is, didn't happen overnight. When you talk it's about been going over, on for months. When you talk about overgrown vegetation, that doesn't occur in a twenty-four hour period. That occurs over months. Okay, phone me on this. I mean, this is why this is why voters kick that park board out, and we'll see if this new park board does any better. But phone me on that now. If you've taken your kids to ride on that Christmas train at Stanley Park, phone me and tell me uh, what that was like for you. We also talked about waiting lists for cancer. If that affects you or members of your family. Please give me a call on that. We talked about pediatric care, a shortage of childhood medication. That's an issue across Canada right now. If you've been having trouble finding kids, uh, Tylenol Here, or Advil, call me on that. Here's another one. Yeah. Just, just land in my inbox. The B.C. Liberal Party will conduct its membership vote on whether they change the name to B.C. United oh. beginning November 13th. It'll be, the vote will be conducted online from Sunday, November 13th to Tuesday, November 15th. So that vote wow, that's, just, coming up that's quick. just a few days away, okay. whether they, they change the name or not. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. All right, it's Baldry's Beat, full phone board, Steve in Surrey. Hi, Steve, go ahead. Hey, how are you guys doing? I love your show, Mike. You Thank you. Breath of fresh air. I loved it when you said 
they got rid of the whole parks board. I mean, that was so good. I guess all I really want to see is I couldn't, I, I felt like I won the lottery when they got rid of all these people and the fact that cars are now allowed to go through that park. Um, yep. it, it's almost like some people are actually saying, you know what, the climate the world will not break in the next 10 years if cars go through this cancel culture, this whole woke thing. Like, my God, overgrown vegetation? What has that park board been doing? I mean, what, uh, by the way, has anybody asked the new council, are they going to get rid of the 25-cent deposit for the cups? Like, oh, I'm that's sure a good that one, yeah. Homeless a lot. Please yeah. ask that to Sarah Kirby. Yeah, Young, no, it's a good that's, question. That's Thank really you for the call. Anyway, Thanks for the call. I've always thought the parks board is, I'm just wondering why we have a parks board in Vancouver. I, I remember sort of the rite of passage as a reporter in Vancouver is you go cover parks board meetings. That's like the junior level of reporting. And I, more than one reporter has left their first parks board meeting saying, why is this? <laughs> why is there a parks board? I mean, uh, what other city has a parks board? I don't think anyone does. Yeah, yeah. and it's, it's a junior level of politics that wrap themselves usually into these cloaks of high importance that really transcends the, the reality of their importance and engage in make-work projects. So the Stanley, I thought the Stanley Park bike lanes and the whole traffic um, cluster there uh, was really an example of a parks board getting overly involved in people's lives. Right, and the worst part of that was how people who had mobility issues and disabilities mm -hmm. were restricted in their access to that park. And that's why I thought it was, it was poorly done. I mean, I spoke to people who got mobility issues, just couldn't get into that park really anymore to enjoy it. Yeah. And so. Stanley park is the jewel of Vancouver. I grew up in, there and you know, going to Stanley park was just what you did all the time. Mm -hmm. And when you start restricting access to it, um, in this cloak of self-righteousness, I think is uh, offside with voters. Marie in White Rock. Hi. Hi, Marie. Marie. Okay, snooze you lose. Don in Vancouver. Hi, Don, go ahead. Yes, hello. Uh, well, my main point, I would like to say that uh, I think it's great that the uh, B.C. Liberal Party is going to change its name, or hopefully will change its name to B.C. United. Uh, I just think that uh, it would be much easier to vote for a party that doesn't remind us of the federal liberals. I think this is the thanks for the call. This is the main reason why they want to change the name. I, I think that's one of the main reasons is this disassociated itself with any any other uh, liberal party. I mean, it's true right now. The liberal brand are, and under Trudeau, the Trudeau brand is taking a beating. Yeah, fairly. Not to say they wouldn't win the federal election because the way the votes break right now, you can you can hold power with thirty two percent of the vote. Um, you don't need a majority, but the brand itself. It seems to be uh, a bit tarnished. Having said that, the Liberals did quite well in BC in the last federal election. Sure. Um, so it's a it's a double edged sword here. I mean, they can you know the party name. I don't think the, the BC Liberal name did not get the party to where it's at today because they basically took advantage of the collapse of the Social Credit Party in the 1991 election. All those voters just went over to the Liberals because they were seen as free enterprise coalition. They had power. They held power for 16 years. Sure, yeah. They won a number of elections under that banner. Right. Um, so the the counter argument is this: Wait a minute. This is a, a a banner, a brand that got us elected for a number of times. Why change it? That said, do you think the name change will go through? 
I got a feeling it will. I kind of think it will because yeah. it's got the backing of the party brass and right. the, the executive all and that. the leader. I mean, and, Falcon yeah. has said he's going to vote. Yeah. For so it. when you when you get something like that, I think the the party membership usually follows the leadership. Rob and Chilliwack. Hi, Rob. Go ahead. Hi. Good, mo- good morning, guys. Hey, uh, I, I like the name actually. I know there there was a lot of jokes made about BC United, but you know what? I don't mind that name. I think it's good. I think it would be fresh. It'll, you know, it'll. Doesn't sound like doesn't sound like a football club. Uh, well, Maybe it does, but I don't know. I, I like the name. Uh, but I had a question quickly for Keith, if I may, Mike, sure. just quickly. Um, just regards with the BC Conservatives, like, are, are they for real, or what's the deal? Because you hear zero from them. Like, mm-hmm. is Boland, is Trevor Boland, is he the leader? Or, like, are they, do they, do they exist, or what's going on with them? Well, Elections <laughs> BC put... Yep, Elections BC put out the financial statements yesterday of how much parties have have raised from July to the end of September. The NDP raised almost a million dollars. The BC Liberals raised about $350,000, substantially less than the NDP, which was also in a leadership race, so a lot of that's leadership sign-up money. The Conservatives raised $16,000, so peanuts compared to the other parties. So that should tell you what the state of the BC doesn't mean. They, doesn't mean they can't do some damage. No, no exactly. Yeah. So you look at you look at the last election. The BC Conservative ran candidates in places like uh, Langley and Chilliwack and uh, other places where, if they weren't candidates, those voters likely would have gone Liberal, which would have given the Liberals the seats.